And welcome to Move Evolution's Heal, Move, Evolve, 15 minutes of fitness where we do our best to cut through the BS, get right to the point, and talk everything about the health and lifelong fitness of the athlete, the fitness enthusiast, the performing artist, the musician, anyone who moves for a living and lives to move. There's a lot of great content here, so please enjoy, share this information, and don't forget to heal, move, and evolve. Peace. In this podcast, Dr. Bo and I dig deeper into a better definition of physical fitness, the different components that make up physical fitness, and what physical fitness means to you, the dancer, the drummer, anyone that moves. Check out this podcast, some good information. The last couple of weeks, you and I have been putting our heads together, trying to come up with an operable or functional definition for physical fitness. And even after our last call, I've been sort of just banging my head against a wall. And I sort of came to two conclusions. One is that the term fitness or physical fitness is, is mutable. It's, it's, uh, it morphs. It's going to change over time, just like any other, uh, word in like Webster's dictionary, it's going to change. But I think because we are physical therapists, strength and conditioning coaches, and also, as you said, you pointed out, we're also educators, educators, we owe it to our patients and clients to have a definition that just just doesn't just work for us, but works for them. So they know the whys and the hows. So, and I'm going to get to the knowledge component and understanding component of um, fitness in a moment. But putting that all together, I like some of the key words you have been using. I like some of the key words and just for a basic definition for purposes of the, of the conversation just between us and also with our clients is the capacity to do work without getting hurt. And I like to also add without uh, dying, but just for, without being funny, the capacity to do work without getting injured using what we've been talking about, using the key words we've been, uh, you know, using over the last couple Mm -hmm. of weeks. So with that being said, um, I think it's more important to have, you know, uh, the basic concepts, what make up fitness, but also what variables are we going to measure underneath each, each basic component of fitness. I know we're going to talk about that maybe next podcast, but I think just so we know what we're measuring, but also the client has an idea. Okay. I see why I am not considered fit. And this, this, this is going to apply to anyone, the dancer, the performer, the person who works on construction, the person who sits at a desk, because this becomes more individualized. So with all we were, with all, everything we've been presenting over the last couple of weeks, I came up with something, a basic scheme. It's called the, the four seasons. Some of these will seem familiar. The first is 
competency of movement. And that's going to incorporate developmental patterns like crawling, high kneeling, rolling, head motor control. Also the fundamental movements such as, you know, um, being able, being able to manipulate your body into a squat, lunge, press, and starting to develop some, some form and technique with some basic foundation skills. Then the next level, that would be the confidence with more complex movements. And those would be um, more fundamental movements, but loading the body, adding some speed, some agility. And then after, if someone can demonstrate mastery or skill in this phase, then we go, and this is your big word, and I love it, is capacity. Can they take this amount of skill, this uh, loading the body, and can they perform the activity for longer periods of time, again, without uh, incurring any type of injury or death? And the last involves the the understanding and and compre- understanding and knowledge and I call that comprehension that's the last c I think that's important that the athlete the client the patient doesn't just understand what we're trying to do now but what we're trying to do later on how they can tweak the program at this age why they're doing it what they're doing it can they have their own schedule create their own periodization because as you always say bo this isn't about fitness now it's about lifelong fitness. So summarizing why I wanted to have this conversation again is to have a basic definition for us and also for our clients and also um, a system where, and where we say is that we can measure these specific components so we can tell Jack, John, Jane, Paul, you are fit or you're not fit to accomplish the task that you want to task, what that you want to accomplish, whether it's, you know, I said, hiking, dancing, throwing a football. That's, that's my two or now it's about 10 cents of um, nation. <laughs> so that's why I wanted to go over this again to just confirm what we were thinking so we can move forward. Okay. So my, my, I, I took a few notes as, as we were going through that. And again, I think a, this is a conversation that we need to keep having um, until I don't, I don't know if there will be uh, an answer B to your last point about the, the comprehension uh, that to me is that, Yes, we, we want to nail down X, Y, Z fitness concepts and movements and be able to measure these things. But at the end of the day, it still is that um, education, that conversation with the client, the patient. So it, it, it needs to be that like, hey, you're, you're long term, got, you got this. You feel like you got this and you can always turn to me as, as a resource, but you have this um, and you feel confident with that. So that's the in um, traditional physical therapy, uh, we, we usually put short-term goals, like independent with home exercise programs in, in one week. So we know that like you're, you're, you're kind of doing that. We want to have measurable, repeatable, observable goals. So that independent with home exercise program is something that almost we have, I don't know, I, so I don't know if you use, utilize that as well, Richard, but that's something I use with almost every uh, client, especially in more of the traditional physical therapy sense, but also it's something that is less structured maybe in the uh, less traditional physical therapy sense. So I don't know. I don't know how you feel about that kind of independent um, with home exercise yes. or most, most definitely. And sometimes I get more specific um, independent with their AM program, independent mm-hmm, with their mm-hmm. progression over time, independent with their stretching and mobility program. So yes, I definitely yeah. agree. Yeah. I like that. Um, the other thought that I had to it um, and you said a few times, like, are you fit enough or are you fit or not period? Right. So and this is where I think I had a few struggles or, or, or took issue almost with, with the definition. Um, 
and we, we talked about this last time where you asked me, am I, how do I consider myself fit? So, uh, and I, I think my answer then or in my own mind since then has been, it's not a yes or no question, mm-hmm. um, uh, which leads me to a side tangent I'm going to come back to in a second, hopefully, but it's not a yes or no question. It's on the spectrum, that curve that we talked about of sickness, wellness, and fitness. Um, so how much, and, and with under that curve is really your capacity. So however much, again, if you're a, an, an Olympic athlete, um, if you specialize in one thing, you might have really good fitness in, in a lot of capacities. Yes. Um, and then if you, if you hit your peak or you stop practicing at the age of 40, um, you know, you've, you've given yourself a huge buffer, kind of like a savings account um, for the next 20 years or 30 years. So that's where, again, we, we, it is important to keep that long-term vision there. Um, so that, that curve, that capacity curve is, is, I think, a huge part of it that, again, comes back to the understanding and saying, are there things missing in your overall fitness? Again, if you're really good at yoga or golf, um, are you missing these other important things that you might need for your life that, that, uh, again, we can build out that conversation and individualize it, but yes, no is do you, are you fit? Yes or no. Um, again, there's the, like on an army fitness test, if you're going uh, into the police force or, or firefighters, right, they have these physical capacity tests that I think are very, people are very critical of those tests in strength and conditioning. Um, but at some point they do need to set some barrier. Uh, so, you know, I'm not faulting any of the police or, or firefighters or military even um, for for their tests being less than adequate. Uh, again, they're adequate for what they feel they need for that person to be a police officer or a firefighter. Um, so, you know, is do is running whatever it is, uh, you know, two miles in, in 12 minutes. Is that something that really will translate over to the ability to, you know, perform firefighter duties? Maybe, maybe not but that's a minimal physical entrance, uh, just like, again, uh, intellectually, if you're applying for a job or something like that, you need the minimum, like, kind of uh, competency back to our, our, our Cs. We now have four Cs, I guess. <laughs> um, so, so, yeah, so that's kind of the, the ramble, I guess, off of that. Um, no, it's a good so point. I, it's a good point. Fitness is, is activity-specific. Right. So, yeah, and we talked about a little last time, like, are you drum fit? Are you, you know, dance fit? Um, and those are going to have different uh, connotations or different uh, implications and how we test it and how we, um, how we define it and, and look at it. And again, work with the client to improve their overall fitness. So um, again, sometimes doing that activity will be the thing that gets them more fit at it. Uh, but again, in terms of longevity, there's things that again, we, as coaches, as, as physical therapists can look at and say, hey, if you want to do this an extra 10 years at a high level, here's how we're going to do it. We kind of see it. And I'm a Jets fan, so I don't want to use Tom Brady up on a pedestal. But, um, you know, he's he's kind of pushing those boundaries in, in that space of, of uh, sports performance um, and saying, hey, if we he's paying attention to these things that allow him to uh, compete longer than most people mm-hmm. in the past because of his physical preparation and spending and investing in this long-term vision um, to allow him to, to get healthier, be more fit for football. That doesn't necessarily mean, and again, he's considered one of the, the best football players of all time, if not the best, um, but uh, physically, again, his fitness for football, he is at an older age, not necessarily as fast, um, but he has the, the IQ uh, and this, the sports uh, fitness 
on that side of things, the mental fitness. Um, so he's way ahead of most people in that regard. But uh, again, he is able to extend his play because again, of his physical preparation, his fitness preparation that um, he might not be as fast. You know, it's, it's kind of, you know, you see him run for the first down or for a touchdown these days and it's, it's kind of laughable, uh, but he's still out there. He's getting it done. So he's still able to complete that task. And again, theoretically to our other definition of it, you know, can he do this for five more years? Also when he gets up uh, Monday after a Sunday game, is he, you know, is, is he hurting as much as a 23 year old? Uh, he's probably hurting a little more, but I think he has ways that um, he's dealing with. So, and again, we, I don't want to go too far down that rabbit hole. I, I can, I'm a big football fan, so I could certainly uh, talk about that. And, and I have a background in playing football. So, so um, again, we could certainly individualize the, the concept um, in, the, in a lot of different directions. But uh, yeah, that, I, I, did, I did like going through that thought experiment on, on that. It's funny you mentioned the fireman's exam because I've seen it. And although I agree with some things, you have to carry a certain amount on your back up a ladder. Other things, I'm like, why would a fireman have to do that? And I think as therapists and coaches, when it comes to the, the spot between um, the time frame between um, confidence and capacity, we have to expand our consciousness in a way and think outside the box and we have to be you know, almost create our own tests because there aren't specific tests for this sport or this activity or drumming or playing congas or whatever there are certain running tests there are golfers tests but again i think if we are going to uh do a perform a great service to our clients and our patients we have to be as specific as possible based upon their their movement or activity goals or expectations wouldn't you agree we have to um almost create our own tests or systems as we get deeper or more individualized yeah yeah but i do think uh it helps to have that big picture framework of having the seven movement, primal movement patterns and saying yes. how, you know, how good are you? You kind of alluded to it earlier, but yeah. Um, how competent, how, what is your capacity in the squat, in the hinge, in the lunge, in the push pull, in the twist, in the ambulatory category. So those, those are the seven. Um, but the same thing for the 10 general physical skills we talked about again, how, you know, it's good, I think, to pull out these. So, uh, you know, we, I talked about my, those seven primal movement patterns. They didn't necessarily include crawling and head control that you talked about. So how complicated do we want to get with it? How many layers of testing again, back to the CrossFit concept, the more data points we have, the better of a conversation we can have and, and, and close up any gaps. Um, you know, I think we're going to continue to refine and find how deep do we have to go? And again, it might be individualized for, for, different folks who so again, I brought up Tom Brady, but for him, it might be like, yeah, we really want to dive as deep as we can. This is a guy who's spending multiple millions of dollars on his body and his recovery every year because it, you know, the return on investment is so, so great. Um, you know, for the average American, um, for the average human, uh, you know, how much should they be investing in their own health, fitness, long-term? That's a great way of putting it. How much do you want to invest into your health and your lifespan? That's excellent. Yeah. So, and then the other um, part that, that I just had that I, I liked uh, as, as you talked about it is um, we talked about that kind of definition to individualize it. And, and I think that it's, it's partly, um, we talked about comprehension, but also resilience, um, and, and adaptability, which we talked about a little bit last time. So 
It's um, this is the the analogy now. There's this debate as we're recording this. There's or, or talking now. I don't know if this makes it anywhere. Um, but but there's this debate about going back to school and our American school system because of COVID right now is falling behind. Um, at the end of the day, it's it's brought up some interesting conversations that I've had and and seen about the school system in general failing and people are teaching to the test and is teaching to the test really setting people up to succeed and be adaptable. Again, there's, uh, I think one of the greatest, uh, you know, not to get too crazy or socio-political or socio-economic about this conversation, but one of the greatest threats to our current society and, and to a bunch of people is, is these automation jobs. So there's going to be, you know, driverless trucks. So that cuts out, you know, hundreds of thousands of jobs around the country. And those are folks that might not have a ton of skills that they can transfer to. Um, so that's the thing in terms of fitness is, is how good are you? How prepared are you for these other mm. things to do? So it's, it's also to the school system purpose or, or, or concept. I like the concept of, and I feel like, again, reflecting on, on all that on myself, I feel like I got a really good education in not just specific data or, you know, understanding this equation in physics or mathematics, it, but I got a good education in how to learn. And so how to think critically, I feel like, again, with all the arguing going on in the world right now, there's a very huge lack of scientific literacy, um, and also critical thinking capacity. And that's not to say people are stupid or ignorant or anything like that. Um, so don't cancel me people. But um, it's, it's, I'm trying to make an observation about the fact that yeah, we're not setting up for, again, this adapt adaptability, adaptation to cha a changing world, um, which is what we're seeing. Um, it, it, it's a changing world. And, and people, I think the people that are getting through COVID, again, um, you know, certainly want to acknowledge my own privilege in, in, uh, in various ways, not just race, racially, but, but also economically and things like that. I, I, I you know, I feel like we've had the uh, luxury of getting through the COVID situation right now in, in almost a way that we've gotten stronger because of it. Um, not everyone has that ability. People are losing their jobs left and right. And, and I, again, I, um, you know, sympathize with all that, but I think that the people who have those tools in front of them and, st and are not taking advantage of them and, and either complaining or somehow still getting worse through the situation is a great analogy over to the physical uh, fitness side of things, um, where hopefully that, that, that correlation makes sense. And I don't want to dig myself into any deeper of a hole here on this thing, but, but, um, hopefully that makes sense in the, in the analogy of, again, are you adaptable when you're faced with, um, kind of a situation, just like the firefighter thing, again, we're going to put these tests in place, but are you, and again, if you can do this minimal physical capacity, um, does that really prepare you for the stress of walking into a fire? Um, you know, like that, that there, I don't know, you know, that becomes a, a, a test that, you know, happens in the field down the line. And there's all, also um, systems down the place for that. So you have to get that. You got a call coming in. Not. No. <laughs> anyway, hopefully that made some sense. And, and again, I didn't want to go too far down the, no, these other tangents. I, I want to touch really quickly upon three points you made. One was um, uh, people because of the, um, I guess, let's say robots <laughs> and automation, people aren't really, things are getting easier for us, so we're not using our mind. I'm not sure if you've ever heard of the movie, I'm sorry, I'm away from the mic. I'm not sure if you've ever heard of the movie Idiocracy. Oh, yeah. And it's yeah. a very smart movie because they take these two idiots, they put them in the future, but in the future, people are There's not just one smart. guy. 
Oh, it's just, it's just, it's just, the whole the whole plot. I don't want to correct you here, Richard, but we 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 do talk movies a lot. So, um, <laughs> no, but it's it's Luke Wilson, and he's mm-hmm. in in the '90s. He take he's going into the army. He takes a test. He's considered like just average intelligence. Uh, I think they even call you know they, um, they call it 100 out of you know uh, that's the score. So then he goes into the future a bunch of years, and then when he wakes up, the rest of society has gotten a lot stupider. So him being at that average intelligence for today is now the smartest man in the world in the future. Thank you for that correction. <laughs> yeah, I, lo- I love correcting you. It's my favorite I, I, hobby. When I, I can. Always, I always have movie and, lines. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and, and I get a lot of joy out of it because you usually know your stuff. So when you're wrong, it's, it's great. <laughs> the other point you talked about um, – what happens when these um, driverless cars come in and people are going to lose their job and really quickly, that's sort of survival of the fittest. If you can't keep up, if you can't adapt, then you are not going to adapt. You're not, you're not going to survive. And the last thing um, this is just sort of funny. You mentioned investing in your health, investing in, in your, your fitness. And I mentioned to a, a good friend of mine that um, I've been cutting out alcohol, dairy, and wheat for about a month, and I feel great. My joints don't hurt. And I said, you should try. And he goes, no, I'd rather live with inflammation because I like to eat too much. So mm-hmm. that's, that was his choice. But he, you know, his, his lifestyle, his goals, he doesn't really care about that. He loves to cook and he loves to eat. And, you know, I, I give him that. That's just yeah. not my fitness choice, not my lifestyle choice. Well, I think you get to a point where you don't have that decision anymore. I think that was the case for you, right? It was, um, I don't want to share too much of your oh, it's personal okay. story. I don't, I don't mind yeah. showing. Um, I, I know I, you don't. So that's why I'm, <laughs> I'm going, <laughs> I, I want it to be polite, but you know, um, we, we have our friendship that, that, you know, uh, whatever. So, so, but yeah, yeah. I, I think that um, you got to a point where, where, you know, you, you just realized you weren't feeling great and you said, Hey, like, yeah, at what point does that, uh, the cost benefit analysis kind of take you to like, Hey, I should really do this where that for that, your friend that you're talking about, um, he's, he's saying, no, I prefer to have the enjoyment. And again, everything comes with a risk reward. And these are the conversations I try to have with all all my clients, uh, when it comes to working out, when it comes to nutrition and things like that, is it, is it worth it to get, you know, it's, it's hard to quantify how good you feel, from cutting things out when again, uh, having a drink, you know, over the course of a month, if you have 10 drinks or, or 10, uh, you know, drinking nights, and, and those are all, you know, plus 20 points, theoretical points every single time, versus if you don't have those whatever 20 times 10, 200 positive points, um, by the end of that month, the benefit of health, unfortunately, we don't have this equation. Um, it's a theoretical equation I've had in my head for a long time. But, um, but yeah, it, at the end of the, the month of not drinking, theoretically now you've gotten you've actually gotten plus 300 points instead of you know the 200 points of joy that that kind of brought you yeah um so you know it's hard to know what that is and again for you you might not value alcohol as much as your friend where for him those maybe even those 200 points uh for for him the plus 200 points would have actually been plus 400 points because he enjoys drinking you know on on a on a level that that would be really um that high. So there's a lot of these conversations where, again, it does really matter and, and have to be individualized. So uh, again, I, I also, I'm, I'm like him. I love food. I haven't had like a proper six pack in a very long time. I like, <laughs> you know, um, but to me, a six pack isn't, isn't a measure of fitness, uh, back of to our not. definition of fitness. So aesthetics versus kind of capacity 
Um, you know, those are, those are two things that, that um, unfortunately get conflated, um, I think, incorrectly very often, um, you know. And I was actually thinking as we were going through this uh, thought experiment for the last week or, or so since our last podcast of, you know, posting a picture of somebody who uh, looks really, you know, has very lean body mass, competes in like kind of bodybuilding or, or figure modeling. Um, some of these sports where, you know, they're just showing all their muscles very defined. Even if you think of, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger at his uh, Mr. Universe, um, you know, and compare that to, you know, an, an average CrossFit athlete. Um, at the end of the day, again, Arnold probably because long term, you know, he's got money, uh, you know, and he's in his what 70s now, maybe even late. Uh, he might even be in his freaking 80s. I don't know. Um, <laughs> he's hard to keep up with, but he's still in pretty good shape. Um, you know, again, is he fit? Uh, it seems like it. But again, is he if you have someone uh, in the same uh, who, who went, underwent the same kind of training program as him um, and didn't have the resources that he had down the line that, yeah. you know, th that training program certainly did some damage. So again, when you chase performance back to our curve of sickness, wellness, and fitness, when you chase that fitness um, at the highest of levels, you're actually, it's pretty, it's pretty much on the opposite end of, of the, the sickness, but it's also, it becomes almost, um, you can be too fit in some ways. Yep. Mm -hmm. Um, where, where again, if you're not recovering or, or things like that, you know, it, it's, it, it's, it's deeper conversations. And again, these are difficult things to quantify. So I feel like I'm rambling a bit. I know you, no, you no. will say, I know you will say I'm not, I was going to say, <laughs> I was going to say but, they've but, done studies on lifespan on uh, super fit athletes versus someone who doesn't work out at all and mm -hmm. has a drink now and the end. It's this, it's, it can be the same, uh, time of death as far as years on this earth, but again, it depends on um, quality of life. It doesn't mean that mm -hmm, the, mm -hmm. the athlete was enjoying his life. The other person may have been enjoying his life also, but we're talking about fitness, health. Did the athlete pass away in a healthy state? Did the person who drank and smoked pass away transition in a healthy state? So, you know, we're talking about lifespan, but we're also talking about quality of life during that time period. Absolutely. And yeah, we, we, call, yeah, we call that um, there's health span. So on top of lifespan is health span. How long were you healthy? Again, a lot of people, I've heard this argument that they, you know, uh, talking to people who still smoke cigarettes these days, um, despite the knowledge that, hey, like, this is possibly going to kill you. Um, you know, you get those like, well, I knew so-and-so who lived to 90 and they smoked every day. Or, <laughs> and, and, and again, you get, these are scientific fallacies. Again, back to our, uh, the, the point I brought up about earlier about, uh, scientific, um, the science, science literacy is at a pretty much all time low. I would say, I, I don't want to say that actually, that's not really accurate either, but to the idiocracy movie concept is it's, it's heading in a scary direction, I think. Um, but, um, but yeah, so, so, uh, that being said, like, yeah, people who are still smoking is like, well, I don't really want those last 10 years. Like from, you know, once I hit 80, you know, from 80 to 90, I, I can take it or leave it kind of thing. Um, which is also why I think, again, that's, that's part of this um, conversation we're seeing now of, of um, people saying like, yeah, those folks that are older uh, from the right wing anyway, I don't want to, again, you know, get too political or anything like that. But, but we're seeing that kind of like, yeah, they're old and they can, you know, they're, they're kind of, uh, we, we, can, we can deal with the loss of these older people, um, which again, I, I think is a minority of, of, vo of voices out there, but um, it, it, it's that conversation, but again, to the smoker now is saying like, yeah, I don't really care about those last 10 years of my life. Like I'll, I'll I'd rather smoke now and deal with, with it later. 
Well, that's the assumption that at 70 or 80, you're going to be feeble and decrepit. And I, I think that's an old way of thinking because people, you know, this is a cliche of living longer, but they're also living healthier longer. Right. And, and again, when people ask me why I work out, I say it's for 90 year old me so that when I'm 90, I can be running around chasing kids. If, uh, you know, my wife's still around being with her, if, if not, I, I'm going to be chasing the, the, the 70 year olds, the younger ladies at that point. Um, <laughs> but you know, it's, 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 it's about, it's about that. I'm, I'm working out for again, 90 year old me. Like I want to build that capacity curve. Just like, again, people, I think that the great analogy here is for your retirement savings, right? If, if you're working pretty hard now so that you have, um, more money saved up for when you're retired and you don't want to work anymore. So, you know, some people talk about retiring in 35, like, great. That means you must have a lot of either passive income or, or saved up money, um, that, that you're, you're, you're working with. But, uh, that's the thing now for capacity. The analogy there is, is physical capacity is I'm trying to build up as much capacity as I can in a healthy, safe way, keep my joints healthy, avoid surgeries, avoid the, the chronic diseases that we know shorten life and not just life, but life quality. Because if you get a chronic disease, it's very manageable, but it's going to cost you a lot of money. Diabetes, for instance, costs on average 72 in an American, the American healthcare system, I'll say, I think, uh, it costs on average $72,000 a year um, to manage, not necessarily directly to the patient, but to our healthcare system. Um, and this is a, another big part of the conversation. Again, we're, I feel like we're going a little off of our definition of fitness, which is what happens when Richard and I start talking. Um, I do need to jump off in, the, in a few minutes here, but I'll, uh, I'll say that, yeah, the $72,000 is not, it is kind of going to the entire healthcare system. So when we look at insurance, health insurance premiums, and we want to complain about how expensive they are, we need to keep in mind that a lot of these folks that are unhealthy, um, we are ultimately paying for their unhealthy behaviors, their sickness. Um, and so the more we can all do our part, kind of just like environmentalism, right? We, we right. that push to recycle. We're all kind of doing our part just by throwing this can in the recycle bin instead of the regular bin like that. Those little things do add up if we're all doing our part, just like COVID, everyone wearing a mask. You know, again, we can certainly argue about masks, but if everyone has less things spitting out into the air, it is less likely that this disease continues to spread. So please do your part. Um, and just like for fitness, back to bringing it all together of, you know, every day, if you can do a workout of some capacity, work with someone like Richard or myself to help you feel healthier so we can keep assessing and saying, hey, your hips missing this range of motion. You never realize that even though you play golf five times a week. Uh, every time you're doing that, it's like driving with the emergency brake on. So eventually you're going to burn out of that brake. So let me help you. Um, open that up so that you can a hit the golf ball further and feel better there, but b avoid you know a hip surgery ten years down the line. So these are the conversations that that again uh, it takes me down the road. I think there's a lot of good stuff here. I'm gonna stop talking now. Thank you. Okay, bye. I like your analogy of putting. Uh, I'm paraphrasing. Putting money, putting money in the bank for your health. You know, put it in now so later on it adds up. And I just want to wrap up with one final comment as far as my physical fitness, I realize I have to be physically fit for different activities. So I have to be fit enough to demonstrate movements to my clients. I want to be fit enough to get on my, my, uh, my bike and go for, you know, 20, 30, 40 miles. I want to be fit enough to go on the Olympic rings and do some dips or whatever without hurting my wrist. So I do have different levels of fitness goals and things I have to achieve or maintain so I don't break or die. So 
you know, that's it. Yeah, the, the, the other part real quick that that leads me to is the, the World Health Organization. And again, they're, they're under a lot of uh, criticism these days because of COVID, but their definition of fitness, sorry, of, of health is actually the absence of disease or the absence of sickness. Um, so to the, the same concept, when we think about just the physical, not even going into the medical side of it, but the physical, as we're talking about fitness, um, almost becomes the, the absence of injury. Um, so that would, could be an analogous definition, but again, it is a bit short-sighted, just like the, the uh, sickness kind of definition that, we just, that I just brought up. But I think on the fitness side, um, saying to your point of like, yeah, am, avoiding, and if this is the other part too, if you haven't had an injury that has significantly limited you from doing a certain amount of things, um, you might not appreciate this definition, but if you've had an episode of back pain that's left you feeling, you know, pardon the, I don't know if this is still an acceptable term, but crippled. Um, but you know, it's left you incapacitated or, or crawling on the floor or, you know, feeling like you need to stay in bed. Um, those are the days that again, I hope to avoid. And the reason I work out is with the intention of avoiding those types of days. Um, there's side of the side effects of, of the workouts might be looking a little better, being able to eat more food or drink more alcohol. But at the end of the day, that's really the big part of it is, is the ability to, to keep my body prepared. And uh, again, back to the big picture of general physical preparedness. So again, if the fire is burning down, uh, sorry, if, the, if the house is burning down on fire, um, knock on wood, hoping that doesn't happen to anyone listening or, or uh, you know, <laughs> anything here. But, um, you know, do I have the ability to get what I need to get out of the house? Um, and, and even if I end up inhaling some some smoke, like, do I have the, the capacity to recover from that? Um, you know, back to our firefighter analogy, like there are things that we can look at that will set us up for uh, being more prepared for uh, dealing with all these different possible scenarios in life. But something like a fire is something, again, theoretically, we could measure and say, hey, like, do you have the speed to get down the stairs? Do you have the ability to get down the stairs if I'm up on the second floor? Um, do you have the ability to carry someone else who might have passed out from, from smoke inhalation and save their life? Because, uh, you know, like, do you have that capacity? So, so yeah, again, I'm, I'm, I'm dr driving off into some tangents here. But, but um, yeah, I think there's some uh, interesting concepts. And I appreciate that we're, we're having this conversation. And um, I love having these conversations with, with clients for sure. Some people like tangents and I appreciate you going off on a tangent because it means that you're thinking outside the box. You're expanding your, your way of thinking. And I would like to have another follow-up and trying to um, choose some variables underneath each component and talk about developmental fundamental uh, confidence, maybe shame when it comes to confidence or uh, aversion as the, converse, the same conversation or uh, similar conversation I had with your lovely wife. Um, yeah, yeah, but um, let's talk soon. And thank you so much for getting on the phone again, man. Yeah, dude, anytime. All right, man, take it easy. Peace. Peace. All right. And thank you for listening to our Move Evolution Heal Move Evolve podcast. Did you like this episode? Then please help us grow, rate, and review us. And if you would like more great life fitness content, check us out at moveevolution.com. Heal, move, evolve. Yeah, yeah, yeah.